Amy? Yes. We're back. Yes, we are. Summer is upon us. It sure is. And I'm going to do a little apology. Okay. We are not going to talk about snow for 15 minutes this this okay. session. Okay, all right. I was edit- listening and editing the podcast last time. Uh-huh. And it was almost to the point of ridiculousness how much we talked about snow. Oh. It was funny. to me, I, I thought it was hilarious, but... To other people who are like, we really just want to hear about the Lord and not snow. That's us, huh? But we're curious people. We are, and we're here in the darn desert of heat. (laughs) That's all right. It is. Yeah. We've got our two sons will be out Friday. Yes, two more days of school. Two more days, and then they're going to want to eat and uh, play video games. Yeah, hopefully swim. Swim, uh, maybe... Do some sort of exercise. We have to get some exercise yeah. in there. Yeah. So we're ready to go. We're ready. We're yeah. ready. Um, anything you want to talk about before we get started? No. Nothing at all, really. No. Nothing? Okay. Nothing I don't have anything either. I know. <laughs> I got a cute little doggy by me. Which one's over there? Sweet thing. Oh. And um, I think, it, yeah, because, yeah. It's yeah, sweet it's sweet and um, I just love it, my little. And then I think Tootsie's right there. These are the dog names. Yeah. yeah. So, and the, I, why can't I ever remember the name of the last one? Maisie. Yeah. Oh. Hi, she girl. She did look. Hi. She's on her bed. That it's only her bed. Oh, now this one's coming over to you. Well, now it's. Oh, hi. Um, the Tootsie has been going there first thing. Listen to how smart she is. Hi. Oh. Because Tootsie's back end is kind of glitching yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and so when we let them in at night, especially, she makes a beeline for the bed. And so the other two come in here because the bones are on top of the fridge. I give the these two their bones. She won't move. She knows if she moves, she's going to lose that bed. Lose it. <laughs> so she'd she rather just, stay there than eat. She just sits. Oh. So I bring the bone to her, but. She's smart. She is a smart girl. They all are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. All All right. right. Well, do you want to start us in prayer? Sure. Okay. All right. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word today. I ask that you would increase my wisdom and understanding as I read. Speak to me through your word, Lord. I pray that your word would create in me a clean mind and a renewed heart. Hide your words in the folds of my heart for times of need by myself or others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We finished up with First and Second Samuel. Yes. Now we are in just kind of a little kind pocket. of a little pocket. Thank you. A little pocket before we get to Psalms. But let's do a recap of Second Samuel chapters 21 through 24. We talked about David's song of praise when he praised God wholeheartedly. David allowed a census during a time of peace, showing he put his faith in the size of his army rather than in God's ability to protect them. And David's conscience bothered him after the census was taken, so he asked the Lord for forgiveness. And the Lord made David choose one of three punishments, and he chose the he chose the three-day plague. Was there anything else you wanted to touch upon there? No. I wonder how many people would have chose that. Hmm. 
I would have chose that because it's quick. That's a good question. Like it's harsh, but it's quick. The yeah. others are like a wee, you know. They were extended. Yeah. So I, I just wondered how many people would have chose that. Because hmm. then you're done. Yeah. Just like anything. Just get it over quick. Get it done and over. The, those rocks need to be moved. We're getting out there, all of us. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be carrying it on. Mm -hmm. How about you? No, I agree with you. I think we're, we both are of the let's get it done mind. Yeah. No dilly-dallying around. Right, yeah. I just wondered that. No, well, that's a great question. Yeah. Okay, now... Um, before we get started in First Chronicles, the, there was a little paragraph kind of explaining what was coming up. And it said, David wanted to build a temple for God in Jerusalem. But God had told him that his son would be the one to do that. David still wanted to honor God. And so before his reign ended, he took several steps to prepare for the building of the temple. He gathered gifts from the people of Israel to have ample supplies for building a magnificent temple. And he laid out the duties of various groups of Levites and priests for service in the temple. Although David made several major mistakes with tragic consequences, he also demonstrated great care in following God and leading the nation in worshiping God properly. So that takes us to 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verses 2 through 19. And Amy, would you please read verses 7 through 10, please? Sure. My son... I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, David told him. But the Lord said to me, You have killed many men, many men in the battles you have fought. And since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be the one to build a temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace. I will give him peace with his enemies in all the surrounding land, lands. His name will be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honor my name. He will be my son and I will be his father. And I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Beautiful. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, later in the chapter, David ordered all the Israelite leaders to assist Solomon in building the temple. Now, did you have any notes for uh, that first section. Yes, God told David he would not be the one to build the temple. Instead, the task would be left to his son Solomon. David graciously accepted this, this no from God. He was not jealous of the fact that his son would have the honor of building God's temple, but instead made preparations for Solomon to carry out his task. Similarly, we should take steps now to prepare the way for our children to find and fulfill God's purpose. Sooner or later, our children will have to make their own decisions, but we can help by supplying them with the proper tools, showing them how to pray and study God's word, teaching the difference between right and wrong, and modeling the importance of church involvement. And isn't that something, because he, David wasn't jealous. No. He knew this is the way it had to be. Yeah. And there are so many different there's so many factors that could have gone into it. David could have been jealous. The people of Israel could have said, eh, we're not really going to help out. There's so many things that could have happened, but yes. it just, it all worked out. It all went smooth and just as it was supposed to. That's right. Okay, anything else for that part? No, I don't have it. 
Okay, so moving to First Chronicles chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. When David was an old man, he appointed Solomon king. There was also a census of all the Levites over 30 years old in order to distribute the men for specific duties, like supervising work at the temple, officials and judges, gatekeepers, and praising the Lord with musical instruments. And their final count was 38,000. That's a lot. Yes, it is. Um, any notes for them? <clears throat> I just have, um, why was this census accept acceptable when the other was not in First Chronicle 21? This census counted only the Levites, those set apart to serve God, and was used to organize the work in the temple. The census was not based on pride or self-sufficiency, as was the previous census of fighting men. So I'm glad that they, they at least told us this is why it was okay here, but not there. Not there, yeah. And then it has a really neat um, chart of duties assigned in the temple. Hmm. Yeah. So it breaks it all down. Yes. Okay. Um, any other notes? That's it for me for that area. Okay. And then um, in First Chronicles 23, 6, it said, Then David divided the Levites into divisions, named after the clans, descended from the three sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So that's where David separated them out, and then they get, they're going to have their duties. So then we move to... We're going to kind of hustle through these next few sections. First Chronicles 23, 7-11, which talks about the Gershonites. First Chronicles 23, 12-20, which talks about the Kohathites. And then First Chronicles 23, 21-32 speaks about the Merorites. Yeah. And for all three of those, it broke down the... The descendants, the lineage yes. of those clans. And it's important information, but unless you want to, I don't think we're going to yeah. delve any but, farther into that. Right. Were there any notes you wanted to talk about there? The Levites were set apart to help the priests. They did the work of elders, deacons, custodians, assistants, musicians, moving men, and repairmen. Both priests and Levites came from the tribe of Levi, but they also had to be descendants of Aaron, Israel's first high priest. Priests and Levites were supposed to be Israel's supported by Israel's tithes, by revenues from certain cities that had been given to them. So I just, you know, mm -hmm. shows the lineage of that priests and Levites. And so it was never anyone outside of the Levites coming no. in. It was all within the, the Levites. The, that line, yes. Okay. Anything else? That's all I have there. Okay, so First Chronicles 24, verses 1 through 19, it lists the 24 groups of priests. Yeah. That's really, that's all I had there. Were there any notes? I have each of these 24 groups of priests served a two-week shift each year at the house of the Lord. The rest of the time they served in their hometowns. This system was still in place in Jesus' day. Zechariah was a member of the Abihah division. During his shift at the temple, an angel appeared to him and predicted that he would have a son, John. It's amazing. That makes that probably made it nice because then you weren't in one duty yeah. or one job. Yeah, I'm going to head over there for two weeks and yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. And plus, you, that, that also made them knowledgeable in each area. Yes. 
Alrighty, moving to 1 Chronicles 24, 20 through 31. It was a list of the family leaders which descended from Levi. I don't think we're going to go much farther yeah. into that. Were there any notes you wanted to touch no, upon? No, I don't have anything for that. Okay. 1 Chronicles 25, verses 1 through 31. It's a detailed list of the musicians, their family, and what lot they fell in. Yes. Out of the 24. Yeah. So it was the duties of the musicians. Anything for there? Um, I have, um, God wants all his people to participate in worship. You may not be a master musician, a prophet, or a teacher, but God appreciates whatever you have to offer. And then it said, um, the division was into 24 groups of Levites. The division of labor gave the order of planning the temple work, promoted excellence by making training easier, gave variety to worship because each group worked a term and provided opportunities for many to be involved. Okay, moving on to 1 Chronicles 26, verses 1 through 19. Um, it was a breakdown of the gatekeepers and their families. Yeah. Anything for there? Just that there was 4,000 of them, and some of their duties were checking out the equipment and utensils used each day and making sure they were returned, storing, ordering, maintaining the food supply for the priests and sacrifices, caring for the furniture, mixing the incense that were burned daily, accounting for the gifts brought. You don't think of those things Mm -mm. back then, but yeah. No, and I bet you they took great pride in each one. Yeah. In each of the jobs. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, 1 Chronicles 26, verses 20 through 32. Here we have a breakdown of the treasures and other officials. Anything for there? War plundered rightfully belonged to the victorious army. The soldiers, however, gave their portion of all the plunder to the house of the Lord to express their dedication to God. Like these commanders, we should think of what we can give rather than what we are obligated to give. And I know we're moving a little quick through these, but there's not much no, there to, isn't. to really get yeah. further into. Okay, First uh, Chronicles 27, 16 through 24. It's the list of the leaders of the tribes of Israel. Anything? Um just about when Absalom rebelled against David, Ahithophel betrayed David and joined the rebellion. Hushai pretended loyalty to Absalom, and his advice caused Absalom's downfall. And um, all the records of King David's were historical documents kept in the royal archives with other official records, and they no longer exist. I wonder where the royal, but where were the, where is it? Where was the royal archives? I'm guessing in his uh, big mansion. So it was it was there. Okay. Uh, well, they don't really explain the royal it. Royal archives. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? But they're no, they're not. Um, it says they no longer exist. I wonder how many documents and parchments and scrolls yeah. are still out there that just haven't been found. No kidding. First Chronicles 27, 25 through 34, a list of the officials of David's kingdom and their duties. Anything mm-hmm. for there? No, I already read it. Did I just say that? You might have, but I'm not sure. Okay. Then we go to First Chronicles 28, 1 through 21. David told all the officials in the land that his son Solomon would become the next king and will build the Lord's temple. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, any notes for that first part? Uh, no. The last two chapters of First Chronicles mm. present the transition from David to Solomon as king of Israel. And I then it, see that. Hmm? I see that, yeah. Yeah, and then it said here, the kingdom of Israel belonged to the Lord, not to David or anyone else. Israel's king then was God's deputy, commissioned to carry out God's will for the nation. Thus, God could choose the person he wanted as king without following customary lines of succession. David was not Saul's heir, and Solomon was not David's oldest son, but this did not matter because God appointed them. And then David spoke to Solomon, and if you wouldn't mind reading verses 8 through 10, please. So now, with God as our witness, and in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge. Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. I love that. I, I just love that he... he sat down with him and laid it out yeah this is if you do this this is how it's going to be yes i loved it too very good any notes for that part the lord sees every heart nothing can be hidden from god he sees and understands everything in our hearts david found this out the hard way when god sent nathan to expose david's sins of adultery and murder david told solomon to be completely open with god and dedicated to him it makes no sense to try to hide any thoughts or actions from an all-knowing God. This should cause us joy, no fe not fear, because God knows even the worst about us and loves us anyway. Amen to that. Yes. My gosh. I mean, really think about that. I know. Till he, the end. He's seen all of, he's seen us at our worst. Yeah. Still loves us. Still loves us. Yeah. Okay, so David then gave Solomon all of his plans for the temple. Okay. And in verses 19 through 21, it says, Then David continued, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. The various divisions of priests and Levites will serve in the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer, and the officials in the entire nation are at your command. Uh, any notes to finish out that those verses? Yes, David advised Solomon not to be frightened about the size of his task as king and builder of the temple. Fear can immobilize us. The size of a job, its risks, or the pressure of the situation can cause us to freeze and do nothing. One remedy for fear is found here. Don't focus on the fear. Instead, get to work. Getting started is often the most difficult and frightening part of a job. I love that part. I do too. It's a good one. Do you feel like as your faith becomes stronger, you become closer to God, that your fear lessens? You get less fearful of things? Yes, but I also feel like as we get closer, the devil tries to get into you more. But 
I'm e it's easier to just rebuke it, to stop it right when the thought's in my mind. No, 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 that's not of the Lord. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. How about you? That's a great point. I wasn't even thinking about that. Uh, yet, I do think that the, the a lot of the fear subsides yeah. or, or is just really diminished. Yeah. But that's a wonderful point because the devil sees, okay, you're not as fearful. Let me throw this at you. Yeah. I've seen your past and here it is. Yeah. 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 So, to yeah. trip you up. Yeah. Now, there's a an insert in our Bible and it's the it's titled Principles to Live By. And I thought this was really uh, good. Yes. It said King David gave his son Solomon principles to guide him through life. The same ideas are ones that any Christian parent would want to present to a child. And it's numbered one through six. One, get to know God personally. Two, learn God's commands and discover what he wants you to do. Three, worship God with wholehearted devotion. Four, serve God with a willing mind. Five, be faithful. And six, don't become discouraged. That is so good. Even those couple of things. Yeah. Or even just take the first one, get to know God personally. How am I going to do that? Well, we know that he wrote the Bible and that this really is a book about him. So study, what would we study? His word. You know what I mean? Break down each one. How, yeah. how, how can I accomplish this? Yeah. And then maybe for a long time, you just you just start to read that a book Bible that has the notes. I think that's helpful. We've talked about that. Yeah. But, you know, just read that or look up verses on whatever's anguishing you and memorize them. And you know what's really neat is like sometimes I'll be looking up one thing and then I'm like, well, hold on now. And then I'll just get stuck. Or not yes. stuck, but I'll just get um, fascinated with something totally different yes. and just start reading that. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Let's move on to First Chronicles 29, 1 through 9. Okay. David then reminded the official Solomon was young and inexperienced, but was given all of David's resources and wealth to aid him. David asked the officials who would follow his example and assist like he did, and they all gave willingly. Wow. They could have said no. Yes, they could have. But that isn't how God set that situation up. No. Any notes for there? Both the tabernacle and the temple were built from the voluntary gifts of the people. Like David, we can acknowledge that all we have comes from God. We may not have David's wealth, but we can develop his willingness to give. It is not what we have that counts with God, but our willingness to give. And I just think now that I'm in my 50s, but even after I have had kids, like everybody has some to give and you also have gifts he's given you, like whatever your gift is, if it's sewing, if it's cleaning, if it's whatever. Yeah. And we can give of our time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're, uh, maybe you're uh, like a woodworker or yeah. it, it doesn't even matter, like no. whatever your gift is. Whatever your gift is. And even if you don't think you have one, go help somewhere. Yeah. And you will. God will place you where you need to be. Yeah. And and if you're tired, we're tired. Everybody's tired. But you know what? We're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. At least God bless that we can be tired. Some people can't even get out of their homes. Oh. You know? And I just... If you acknowledge it all comes from God, you know it's not yours. Like, he's just given it mm -hmm. 
even your gifts so you need to show you know oh yeah. yeah but you know what even those people that can't leave their homes yeah we've talked about that before they can still oh do stuff yeah if you can get on, on a computer maybe you're going to email a few people uh or facetime some people yeah check up on them how are you doing yeah absolutely it 100 percent. anything yeah even if it's strangers as you've talked before, you've been in a store, and you've, you know, yeah, you don't know what's making their day, if they're having a hard day. It is something that I learned later in life. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, early on in growing up, I was like, God, that person's just this or that or grumpy. Yeah. But you learn, I think it just comes from experience. No, they're probably going through something. Yes, something very hard. Yeah. Exactly. And what's hard for one person may not be for us, mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah. You know, now I think about, well, what if that person just found out, like, their loved one has cancer? Yeah. What? Like, horrible things go through my mind. But you but don't know. That's the thing, you don't know. No, we do not know. Any other notes for there? That's all I had. Okay. First Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 20. So previously we read David's song of praise in mm -hmm. 2 Samuel 22. Now we have David's prayer of praise, which he said in front of the whole assembly, and then afterwards everyone uh, praised God. Any notes for there or anything you want to talk about? In, um, in his... David con contrasts God's everlasting nature with the fleeting lives of his people. Nothing lasts unless it's rooted in God's unchanging character. If our most impressive deeds fade to dust before God, where should we place our confidence? Only in a relationship with God can we find anything permanent. His love never fades and nothing can take it away. I loved that. Yeah, that's, that's great. Cheaper. Yeah. Then I have another one that says, Wholehearted desire to obey means to be entirely dedicated to God. This is what David prayed for Solomon, that he would desire above all else to serve God. Do you find it hard to do what God wants, or do you find it harder to do to want to do it? God can give you wholehearted devotion. If you believe in Jesus Christ, this is already happening in you. Paul wrote, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Consider yourself blessed if someone in your life is praying this way for you. I love that quote from Philippians. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Yeah. And the, notice the word working. Mm -hmm. It's not like for God has put in you this desire. No, he's working in us. We're, we're a piece of art. He's refining us in the fire. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. So, if you're not there, I'm. I've come to the conclusion we're never going to be there. It's just always a it's work always in progress. a work in progress. That's my feeling, because we are we are going to sin constantly. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. He's working in us. That's a great. I'm thinking about that. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. Anything else for there? That's all I had. Okay, First Chronicles 29, verses 21 and 22. Solomon was anointed king. And Zadok, is that how you say that? I think so. Zadok 
uh, was anointed as priest. Many offerings were brought and the Israelites feasted that day. Anything for there? Liquid offerings were of wine were poured out as sacrifices to God to acknowledge his role in providing for his people. First Kings chapter 1. So now we're going to go into First Kings chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. Um, it's Kings, First Kings is the 11th book in the Bible. And here we pick up where King David was so old, his advisors found a, a beautiful virgin girl. Oh, yeah. Named Abishag to care for him. But there were no sexual relations between the two. Okay. It was just she was in there to take care of him. Um, any notes for there? I This is what I have. David was about 70 years old. His health had deteriorated from years of hardship. Abishag served as his nurse and to help him, to help keep him warm. In times when polygamy was accepted and kings had arams, this action was not considered offensive. I'm just wondering, how come the wives didn't come and take care of him? I have no idea. Because they make it a point in, in saying that it was a beautiful virgin girl. Yeah. I'm just curious, what, were there any rules as to why the, I the wives? I bet there was. Okay. I bet it was some kind of pure, I don't know, but we'll have to look into that. Yeah, okay. Okay, anything else? That's all I have for that. Okay, First Kings chapter 1, verses 5 through 27. Adonijah decides on his own he would become the next king. Zadok oh. the priest and Nathan the prophet and several others refused to support Adonijah. Uh, Nathan went to his mother Bathsheba, filling her in on these events. Can't anything just go smoothly? Oh, no. Huh? Doesn't it always seem like there's always someone trying to backstab? Oh, yeah. Take over something? The evilness, yep. Gosh. I know, every time. Now, there were a lot of notes for, for these verses. Did you have anything for that first part? Let's see. Um, I have Adoniah. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that how you say no, it? No, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to say that. Okay. Was David's fourth son and the logical choice to succeed him as king. David's first son, Am Amnon, had been killed by Absalom for having raped his sister. His second son, Daniel, is, is mentioned only in the genealogy of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 3.11 and had probably died by this time. David's third son, Absalom, died in an earlier rebellion. Although many people expected Adoniah to be the next king, David and God had other plans. Well, now I just feel like a dum-dum. Adoniah makes much more sense. No, it's fine. Could you please read... Verses 12 and 13. If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. Go at once to King David and say to him, My lord, the king didn't make a vow and say to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. When you, when, why then has Adoniah became king? So he's getting everything in order. Uh -huh. He's setting it straight. Yes, he is. Bathsheba did as Nathan instructed, and Nathan later entered the room and confirmed Bathsheba's story. Any more notes? I know there's a lot here. Um, I have, when Nathan learned of Adonai's conspiracy, he immediately tried to stop, stop it. He was a man of both faith and action. He knew that Solomon should rightly be king, and he moved quickly when he saw someone else trying to take the throne. 
We often know what is right, but don't act on it. Perhaps we don't want to get involved, or maybe we are fear fearful or lazy. Don't stop with prayer, good intentions, or angry feelings. Take action needed to correct the situation. And then one of the notes real quick, it said that as wife of the king, Bathsheba was highly influential in the royal palace. I just thought that was interesting because yeah. the women didn't have much power. But I guess if you were the wife of the a wife of the king. Yeah, you, you did got have, it together. Yes. Yeah. Any other notes for that section? No. I thought we could go over just a few things in the Bathsheba insert. Yes. In our Bible. Love these inserts. I do too. Bathsheba was the unlikely link between Israel's two most famous kings, David and Solomon. Out of the ashes of that sin, God brought good. Eventually, Jesus Christ, the salvation of mankind, was born to a descendant of David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba must have been devastated by the chain of events, unfaithfulness to her husband, discovery of pregnancy, death of her husband, and the death of her child. We are told that David comforted her, and she lived to see another son, Solomon, sit on the throne. From her life, we see that the little day-to-day -day choices we make are very important. Mm -hmm. They prepare us to make the right choices when the big decisions come. The wisdom to make right choices in small and large matters is a gift from God. Understanding this should make us more conscious of the decisions we make and more willing to include God in our decision-making. Okay, moving to 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 28 through 53. David called for Bathsheba and vowed that Solomon would become the next king. David then summoned Nathan Zadok the priest and the great warrior Benaniah. Okay. David ordered them to take Solomon and anoint him king of Israel. Solomon rode his father's mule to Gihon Spring, and Zadok anointed him with olive oil from the sacred tent. The ram's horn was sounded, and people were now aware that Solomon was their new king. As the people of Jerusalem celebrated, Adoniah and his guests became fearful. Solomon received word regarding Adoniah, but stated in... Uh, 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 52, If he proves himself to be loyal, not a hair on his head will be touched, but if he makes trouble, he will die. And Adoniah was spared when the, he bowed respectfully before Solomon. Anything for there? Adoniah thought he would be safe by clutching the horns or corner posts of the sacred altar or burnt offering in the tabernacle court. By doing this, he hoped to place himself under God's protection. Solomon granted Adoniah a reprieve hoping that this would end Adonai's conspiracy. Unfortunately, it did not, and he was later executed. At the execution of Adonai, Joab ran and clutched the horns up the altar, hoping for safety. But, but Solomon had Joab killed right at the altar. The punishment was appropriate justice for a cold-blooded murderer such as Joab. It was almost like he was touching it, going, safe. Yeah. Can't, can't touch. Can't touch me. <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah. And then in the notes, it also <clears throat> mentioned that um, the connection with the mule and Jesus, because we might expect King David to send a great war horse to oh, bring yes. his son Solomon to the ceremony. Instead, Solomon rode David's mule. In David's time, mule, mules were prized animals, ridden by the wealthy and powerful. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, he came in not on a horse, but on a donkey. That's right. And that was something for for Solomon to 
be kind to his brother like that. Yeah. Yes, it was. Just, he, he could have done horrible things to him. Yes, he could have, but he didn't. Yeah. First Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. David was close to death and gave Solomon some lovely advice. And would you please read verses 2 through 4? I am going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow his all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and whatever, wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. It is so beautiful how he's setting him up for success. Yes. Just getting him all ready. Yeah. Yeah. Any note from that from that first part? David stressed to Solomon the need to make God and his laws the center of personal life and government in order to preserve the kingdom. As God had promised, this promise from God had two parts. One part was conditional and depended upon the king's actions. The other part was unconditional. Now, David also relayed information regarding his enemies and allies. And then, you know, David died. He ruled over Israel for 40 years, seven in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Any more notes for this section? Um, No. Okay. I think the only thing I had was uh, David died at about age 70. Wow. Which seems really young. Yeah, it does. Considering how long people have been living up to this point, yeah. 70 seems like a middle age. Yeah, middle age. Because some live very long. Yeah. Second Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 through 7, we jump from 1 Kings to 2 Samuel, and then here we have David's last words. Mm-hmm. Uh, any notes for there? All I have is, in the style of a prophet, David spoke of a righteous ruler. This will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ when he returns to rule in perfect justice and peace. For the fulfillment of some of these prophecies, see Matthew 4, 14 through 16. Okay, and then last up we have 1 Chronicles 29, verses 26 through 30. So we're moving from Samuel to Chronicles with a summary of David's reign. And it's an overview of how long David ruled and who succeeded him. Did you have any final notes? Um, First Chronicles vividly illustrates the importance of maintaining a relationship with God. The genealogies in chapters 1 through 9 emphasize the importance of a spiritual heritage. The second part of the book details the life of David. Few men or women in the Bible were as close to God as David was. His daily contact with God increased his capacity to worship and strengthen his desire to build God's temple. David's life shows us the importance of staying close to God through studying and obeying his word and communicating with him daily. Second Chronicles, on the other hand, reveals how quickly our lives can deteriorate spiritually, mentally, and socially when we fail to stay well grounded in God. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, that's all I had. I do have a little thing about the virgin. Please. It says, 
She was neither a wife nor a concubine. Her position in the king's household gave her a high prestige that David's son Adoniah asked, asked to marry her after the king's death, but Solomon recognized this as an attempt by Adoniah to make himself king, and he had his brother executed. He had hypothermia. Oh. So just like a person that today, no blankets are enough. Gosh. Um, it does not say anything about why she was a virgin. Did that matter? Nothing. Hmm. No, I appreciate you following up on that. Yes. It says why a young why a young virgin this quality ensures that whoever was chosen for the job wouldn't be taken away from a jealous fiance or husband nor would she be a widow familiar with sexual practices of the marriage in bed oh thank you very You're much welcome. for checking on that anything else amy anything you want to touch upon no just have a blessed summer yes we'll see him again but you know And you are officially a grandma. I am a grandma. (laughs) My little Arlo Jeffrey. (laughs) Born May 26, praise the Lord. Yes. He's a doll, my first grandbaby. He just brings a smile to my face. He's a cutie pie. Thank you. Are you so excited? I can't. I'm so excited. I want to hold him all the time. (sighs) But I have to give the parents, you know, time. So I'll be over here. And he's a healthy baby boy. Healthy heifer, yeah. Mom's good. Yes, everybody's good. He's good. They're all doing great. Thank you. Congratulations on that. Thank you, friend. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, well, let's give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. On the Facebook page, you can find um, what we're reading and then um, also what's upcoming, our upcoming reading. And then the website has all of the um, links for the podcast. Okay. Next time, we are getting into Psalms. Oh. David's Psalms. Oh. Okay, so we have Psalm 4 through 6, Psalms 8 through 9, Psalms 11 through 17, and Psalms 19 through 21. Okay. There we go. Psalm it up. <laughs> that's, that's our slogan for the summer. Yeah. Psalm it up. Psalm it up. There we go. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed week. Thank you.